Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Ashback. And I'm the red-headed stranger danger. And this week we are talking about Marvel 616 on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, we are. Did you like that? Do you like my intro? Yeah, it caught me off guard. I'll, I'll give you that much. That's not <laughs> what I expected in the slightest. <laughs> I had to combine some stuff there. I had to make it unique. It's a new one. How many weeks has it gone? has it been since I've said my name one time? Uh... Well, maybe it's because, like, you know that names have hold power. And so you're like Rumpelstiltskin where you cannot reveal your true name because then someone will have power over you. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Uh, man, you, how you, know? you learn the right lesson from that fairy tale. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some news, man. Um, but before we get into some news, how you been? You been all right? Yeah. No complaints. Just wrapping up another beautiful semester, you know. Everything is aces. How about yourself? Uh, I'm alive. I have a uh, wonderful Tank 7 beer here. I know that you're drinking Chimay. Yes, because I am of the upper crust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex only drinks Chimay Blue. I think there's, uh, I want nothing to become posh. I think this is a way to become posh. That's, I mean, that's how you know you made it, when you can drink Chimay. And not just once a year. No, I, it's not I just drink it. It's that I have kidnapped one of their monks and he's brewing it uh in my sunroom for me you've made it Mm -hmm. you made it yeah there's no extradition laws in in st petersburg (laughs) uh alex what are you gonna do with the seven new kingsman movies that are coming uh i will watch every single one of them gleefully that is the only franchise that could kill a pug and still have me come back for more Now, question. You and I talked about this uh, during the week. We said, what the fuck is going on? Nobody has once said jack shit about not being able to uh, watch their Kingsman movies during this pandemic. What's up with that? Yeah, everyone's, I mean, and we're guilty of this as well, too, though, because, like, we're chomping at the bit to see Black Widow. But, like, never once have we been like, we can't wait for the Kingsman, even though we love the first two films. Uh, it's actually champing at the bit, Alex. Uh, Alex is a basically sophomoric, uh, moronic idiot, despite having written a novel. I was just happy to stop being a freshman. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm so ready for Kingsman. The Kingsman. Yeah, and I didn't even know when that's coming out at this point. other films. Uh, did, do you know if we got any information on who is going to be at the helm of these movies? Uh, for the Kingsman? Uh, no, the additional seven Kingsman. Uh, I mean, it was Matthew Vaughn who said it, so I'm guessing Matthew Vaughn. I'm just going to serve as a director in all of them, but he'll probably produce all of them at least. That'd be cool. I hope he I hope he does over half of them. Give yeah, like two or three that. away. Yeah, I'm kind of curious yeah. if they like, obviously, if they kind of expand the universe a bit and the Kingsman is obviously a prequel. Uh uh, I'm kind of curious to see what other directions they take the franchise because I doubt they're all going to be set in the modern world or in the prequel world we get for the next one. Yeah, I'm fucking ready, man. Basically, I'm um, just saying that uh, Seven will be the King's Man Goes to Space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're about to get dominated by some some Marvel news. So let's hit on the very minor DC news that, that, that we've got here. Uh, DC Future State... Um, post-future state uh, comic books have been announced. How do you feel about this? I could not be less thrilled. I will read... They're bringing back Swamp Thing, and that's about the only exciting bit. Yeah, I will read every single one. I mean, and you and I will read Batman and Detective anyway, because that's what we do. Yeah, true. But for the new slate, I like Becky Cloonan a lot, so that's probably the one I'm most excited for. Who is she writing again? I don't remember at this point. Yeah, I don't either. Robbie Thompson's doing Suicide Squad. Uh, Ram B is doing Swamp Thing. Uh, but I, I'm I, not particularly excited about either of those. No, but I'll talk about... And like, yeah, same. I will read Swamp Thing. Th- they could be amazing. We don't know. 
but the writers attached aren't like writers that like we jump out to read right now. No, they're not. They're none of the hot names. Yeah, and I mean, granted, there's going to be more announcements. And like, but, I am bummed that like Grant Morrison's Green Lantern run is ending so soon after just it'll be I think 18 issues by the time it's done. See, that's that's the thing that bugs the shit out of me. Is I think it's gonna it, maybe it's gonna end up 24. I don't know if they're gonna give him six more issues. I don't know what their slate is, but that timeline would would make sense. But he might also just be done right now. So that would suck if it's at 18. I would I would be very upset. Give me like 24, 25. Yeah, I agree. 24 Cause is good. Because it's so good. And Liam, uh, Liam Sharp's art yeah. is oh, fucking great. Anyways, let's get to the last depressing news. Let's talk about the WBHBO Max deal. Yeah, I know that we're excited, obviously, to see One Woman 84, uh, The Suicide Squad. I'm excited for Dune. Really excited for Kong versus Godzilla. I've really enjoyed those, even though the newest Godzilla had terrible, terrible humans. I really enjoy the monster part of it. So I'm really excited for Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, in my best Coach Steve voice, uh, I'm really excited for Space Jam. I'm not even going to talk about Space Jam, too. <laughs> if you don't have Sean Bradley, then it, it's not worth remaking. <laughs> There's no Mugsley Bogues. I, I'm not interested. Yeah. No Larry Johnson. I mean, no cameo from Newman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to call him his name is Wayne Knight I know his name I don't know why I called him Newman if Bill Murray's not on this team I'm not interested that's the most important part to me who, is Bill who, Murray back who is the Bill Murray of like Generation Z oh god Harry Styles Jake Paul <laughs> Jake Paul oh god <laughs> yeah Logan Paul is this Generation Z yeah <laughs> oh god Oh, God, I hate this generation so much. They don't have anything. Just kidding, unless you're a listener. Tell us what you have. Did you ever see... Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie right now. Uh, oh, do you ever see Reality Bites? Nope. Okay, Isn't never mind. Isn't that Sean Green? Uh, ben Stiller's in it. Uh, I think he directed it, actually, as well, too. And, uh, Winona Ryder. Uh, and Steve Zahn. And I want to say... Now, Matthew Dillon, but I think Matthew Dillon is in single. I think I'm being single, but it was like a Gen X movie. And like, I watched it and I'm like, Gen X is so cool. So I'm like, I'm wondering if like Gen Z like, <laughs> has that for like millennials. Uh, millennials have that for obviously for films like Reality Bites and singles by Cameron Crowe. Uh, they already had that movie. Um, it was the magic movie with Jesse Eisenberg. Now you see me. Oh, you mean now you see me too? Oh, yeah. I don't know how they didn't like call the that movie one. Now You Don't. <laughs> Uh, what do you think about uh, Florence Pugh, 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 in uh, Hawkeye transitioning over? Yeah, it's we obviously the book is taking a lot of influences from, or not the book, the show is taking a lot of influences from the Matt Fraction, uh, David Aja run on Hawkeye because we have Kate Bishop, we have Lucky, Haley Steinfeld, uh, Pizza Dog, uh, played by Airbud. Uh, <laughs> But a big part of the series was also Clint dealing with his exes, which was Spider-Woman, who is not in Marvel Universe yet, uh, Mockingbird, who is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I doubt she'll ever appear in that. And I think Black Widow was the third one, unless I'm mistaken. I uh, wouldn't be shocked, because Florence is in this, and, and that's how she got into the Marvel Universe. Yeah. As so, Black Widow's sister. And she's also in Falcon Winter Soldier, I believe, too. Is she really? Yeah. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. So I don't know how we're going to have that before Black Widow, but we will. Uh, but oh, yeah. Hopefully they'll explain it. I'm sure they will. Yeah. I'm excited. Marvel has told me that they know what they're doing and I believe them. Uh, let's get into some bigger news. Let's talk Spider-Man, bro. Alfred Molina has been confirmed back as Doc Ock. I'm excited. I loved him as Doc Ock. I thought it was great. He was fucking amazing. Um... This movie is going to be massive, massive, massive. Is there Charlie anyone... Cox is rumored to be in it? Yes, which I think would be the biggest news. Because, like, as we saw for the end of Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, uh, Peter's identity was outed by J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, so he's going to need a lawyer. What better lawyer could he have than Matt Murdock? 
Yeah, let's let's bring Karen Page. Let's bring Foggy Nelson. Let's bring Wilson Fisk because he's not a villain that like Peter could just punch away. Oh my God! If if they brought back Wilson Fisk for this, I would lose my shit. I know that, that, that I'm very very excited by all the casting news so far that they've had for that film. But if they bring back Charlie Cox and and William, uh, and Wilson Fisk, like that would be the cream of the crop for me. That that push it over to the top. Well, we we're, we're already going to have two more Spider-Men back in this film. We've got Electro with Jamie yes. Foxx and Alfred Molina now. Is yeah. there anyone in the Spider-Man universe that you would love to see like brought over from the other Spider-Man films? Oh man, I'm now I'm taking your joke, but I've also done this before. I think I posted this on our on our Instagram once upon a time, but we need to for Grace. We need the real Venom. Uh, I think that'd be great. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they're bringing in like Alfred Molina, but we have a confirmation of Venom, even though they exist in the same universe. Uh, oh my God, can we just undermine Sony's Venom real hard, I real quick? Legitimately, I legitimately like Spider-Man Three, and like Spider Emo Spider-Man's walk and dance moves is one of my favorite scenes in cinema history. <laughs> in, in all of cinema, and I want that brought back <laughs> to Spider-Man film. Here's looking at you, kid. Is right take, underneath uh, Spider-Man's take, dance moves. And if Spider-Ham is not in this movie, then I think we should just riot. <laughs> yeah, are we gonna get a Miles? Yeah, that's a great question because we did have uh, we did have Uncle Aaron or Aaron uh, in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, played by Donald Glover. Oh yeah, let's let's talk about. Uh, I'm I'm transitioning. I'm pivoting. Okay. fucking hard here. Because uh, we're like 20 minutes into news here. Um, let's go to our big fucking news. Like 20 minutes ago, real, really, 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 this just happened uh, to us. 10 new Marvel Star Wars shows were fucking announced. Do you want to start One with Star Wars? One of them being Lando. And the big question is, who's going to be playing Lando? Is it live action? Is it animated? Uh, it's live action, live- I believe. They did say the showrunner is Justin Samu, who was who was the showrunner of Dear White People on Netflix, and I love that show. I, I highly recommend it. So I'm excited for what he brings to Lando. Oh, but yeah, we don't know which Lando it is, but it's probably Donald Glover, I, I guess. Oh my god, I hope so. He did a great job. He had a lot of the uh, the mannerisms down. That's Billy D. Uh, so out of so all, fantastic. okay. So let's run through them. Let's run through them and who's going to be doing them. Okay. Do you have them or do you want me to list them? Uh, I've got it. Okay. I've got it here. So we've got Lando. Yeah. Uh, We've got Rogue Squadron from Patty Jenkins. Yes. Uh, We've got the Obi-Wan Kenobi one. Yes. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, We'll talk about that one more in a second. Uh, The Bad Batch, which has been. I've got some fucking notes on that here somewhere, maybe. Yeah, it's a spinoff series of the Clone Wars from the Bad Batch uh, character. There you go. Group in there. Uh, We've got the Acolyte, um, which is described as a mystery thriller that will take the viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers. And that takes place during the High Republic, which is a time that actually before episode one. Uh, which Marvel, Disney has started, not Marvel, Disney has started to release some content for that, but it's a new era of the Star Wars universe that they're exploring. Fucking fucking exciting, bro. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? We have got uh, Andor. Yes, uh, Cassian Andor from Rogue One, Diga Luna's character. Yep, he's going to have his own spinoff series. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, it's a prequel series. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Vision. It would be the most boring. Uh, <laughs> just six episodes of just bones. Empty space. <laughs> just dust in space. Uh, Visions, I don't know what that is. It's an animated series. It's Japanese animators, they said. So I, I would presume it's an anime style for different stories from the Marvel Universe. There you go. Uh, Rangers of the New Republic. Yes, which I don't know what that is. Uh, we have a droid story, which is already my least excited uh, new prospect. I think they're going to be short as well, too. Okay. Uh, and then the one that I'm most excited for, other than Obi-Wan, is a 
Ahsoka. And, well, quick, they did confirm that Mandalorian is going to come back for season three during next holiday season. No shit. Okay. So, Ahsoka's the one you're most excited for? Other than Obi-Wan. And I think the reason, one of the reasons I'm most excited for Obi-Wan is we are getting the return of Hayden Christian Anderson. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, as Vader, baby. We're getting more Vader. Yeah, I think that was great. I did love that, like, it was announced to show filming in Boston. Everyone's like, why is it filming in Boston? Like, you don't look at the city of Boston and think Star Wars. But, like, three days later, it was corrected in the Globe itself. Like, it's filming in Boston, Mass, or Boston, England, not Boston, Mass. Okay. Fucking fair enough. I'm most excited for Endor, actually. I love Diego Luna. And I think... Wait, you're excited for Endor, the planet with the... Uh... The Ewoks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Diego Luna. Uh, Rogue One was, in my opinion by far the best of any of these uh, Disney Star Wars movies. And I'm excited to see the continuation of that world. And of course, like we don't have much information on like Acolyte or Rogue Rogue Squadron. So those could be amazing kids, but we we know nothing but titles essentially for those. Yeah. We, there's no info. Um, Hopefully coming soon. However, real quick for me, rank the Star Wars latest four films. So you, so you want me to rank Rogue One, Episode 8, 9, and Solo? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, for, I forget about Solo. God damn that piece of shit film. Uh, the last five. There you go. Okay. Uh, number, the worst one is Episode 8. Uh, second to worst one is Episode 9. Then it goes Solo. Then it goes... Uh, episode 7, and then Rogue One. Oh, I'm sorry. You forgot to mention the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Well, those are always cream of the crop. Like, those are just in a different league. <laughs> it's like comparison <laughs> Citizen Kane to basketball. <laughs> I know why I said that. I love basketball a lot more than Citizen Kane. Oh, God. All right, Solo for the last for me. Uh, then The Last Jedi, then The Force Awakens. And then Solo. Or sorry, Solo and twice. Then, sorry. And then uh, <laughs> Rogue One. And then Rise of Skywalker is my favorite. Really? Wow. Yeah. I really liked that movie. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of emotion. I didn't know that you were such a uh, shipper of Kylo and Rey. I just like yellow things, so when they pulled out that yellow lightsaber at the end, I was sold. Which is why every time I get in your car, you just play that one Coldplay song over and over and over again. Baby, and it was all yellow. I pray that one day Weezer makes a yellow album, just so you will hear <laughs> I just hope they cover that album eight okay. different ways. Do you want to, let's skip Star Wars, because we'll get to that eventually. But I will say this, before we jump into the next thing. All this stuff has just, and Disney Plus also announced that they're going to raise their subscription price price to eight dollars in March of 2021, which, with all the content they've announced, is still more than worth it. Uh, I didn't realize that that was being raised, so <laughs> I have no issue. Uh, but let's jump to the big news, which is, of course, uh, the prequel Lion King series. Oh my god! There's so many weird prequel things that I didn't put in here, but yeah, I definitely doing, did not uh, know that that the B series, a John Stamos high school girls basketball series. Uh, what else? Turner and Hooch TV series. Ugh. But they did announce that Lauren Graham isn't going to be in Mighty Ducks. I'm excited about that. And uh, wait, Lauren Graham is going to be in Mighty Ducks? Uh huh. I love Lauren Graham. She's great. Yeah, me too. Uh, what was the other thing I'm forgetting? Oh, yeah, a Hocus Pocus sequel. Oh, okay, I'm into that. I love Halloween shit. You know this. I hope it's called I'm, Hocus Crocus. I'm into that. A Hocus Pocus is way overrated, by the way. I will still watch that sequel. I don't care at all. Yeah, a Hocus Pocus is fine. It's a good movie. I will watch the shit out of anything ha- Halloween. You and I talked about how much we love Hubie Halloween. It's true. Yeah, it was way better than it had any, way more enjoyable than it had any business being. 
Yeah, uh, but we're a comic book podcast, so we're going to transition away from our Adam Sandler love for a second. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Japanese Spider-Man and Marvel 616. Real quick, who would be the best comic book character for Adam Sandler to play? Oh, <laughs> uh, obviously somebody who um, is a lot like Adam uh, in a lot of different ways. Somebody who Adam could really convey. Um, you know, because Adam's kind of a silly person, um, but he's got bouts of seriousness. Um, so I think you've got to give him the most powerful character and give him Galactus. <laughs> Adam yeah, I think he do it. I was going to say more from the X-Men animated TV series. <laughs> Make him Galactus. <laughs> that would be so amazing. Let's start that petition. We'll, we'll make that hashtag uh, on Twitter. <laughs> hashtag Sandler for Galactus. <laughs> yeah, I think I win. I, I, more people I, I think I literally that. might. I tweet me once every like seven months, but I think that, I'm, that might bring me back to the Twitter sphere. You can steal it. That joke is yours. Uh, that'd be amazing. Okay. Anyways, so what's the more exciting news? Oh, that's that's our news. That's it for the news and notes. Okay. Don't want to talk about any of the Marvel stuff. What what else happened? Jesus Christ. Well, um, we got news about Falcon Winter Soldier coming out in March, and we got a trailer for it, which is amazing. Oh, we did. Yeah. Loki. I'm not very good. Okay. At news, apparently. Shit. Did you watch Holy the trailers fuck. for everything? No, I haven't seen these. This is, have you, these have are things really that we should talk about in our pre-show. Okay. Jesus uh, Christ, Alex. What's the problem? Yeah, there's a trailer for Falcon Winter Soldier coming out in March. There's a trailer. What did you, for, what did you think of it? Let's let's pause. What did you think of the Falcon Winter Soldier? I thought I thought it was exactly like like I still like that they see that even post Cap's death that Bucky and Falcon still get under each other's uh, Bucky and Sam, I should say, they still get under each other's skin. Like still know each other while they're trying to fight this crisis. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and it looks like it's going to be trying to figure out how they deal with the death of Cap, and should one of them take the mantle. We did not see any footage, I don't believe, or any new footage, I should say, of U.S. Agent, which is playing, being played by White Russell, which I hope to see. Um, but yeah, look it up when you get a chance. But the more exciting trailer to me was the trailer for Loki. Did you see a trailer for Loki? No, I saw that they were finished filming it. I didn't know that there was a fucking trailer. Yeah, a trailer for Loki coming out in May. I'm following all of the wrong comic book things, apparently. Yeah, Jesus. Apparently, apparently you are. Uh, the, tra- the trailer for Loki looks so fun, and I cannot wait. Basically, it's confirmed that Loki is D.B. Cooper. So uh, <laughs> that's the kind of show we're getting. And like, I love that. Like, So if you think about this, WandaVision is in january do you remember is it six episodes or eight episodes six i think right i think six is correct so it'll basically transition us straight from there because it's one a week into falcon winter soldier and then one a week from there straight into loki we, we might have like a week or two break so the setup is great they also showed did you see the trailer for marvel what if no jesus yeah that's also coming out in uh the summer they announced this summer uh, so we got to see that. It's also going to be, it's all day enough. It'll be Chadwick Boseman's last credit. Uh, they said, uh, uh, yeah, but we got to see Peggy Carter as Captain America. We got to see zombie Captain America. So they're doing some Marvel zombie stuff. Like it, it's, be, it is animated, correct? Yes, it is animated. Okay. Uh, Rest in fucking power, Chadwick. I don't know that, how much we said about that. I know that I really enjoyed from the presentation, though, with Kevin Feige being like, and Black Widow, we know fans have been patiently waiting and just kind of trailed off. And like, that was that. <laughs> we're still going to keep waiting until May when it comes out. He said, we know that WB really hosed over all of those uh, actors and studios. Uh, uh, he talked about Shang-Chi for a bit, which he pronounced it like Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi, which I never heard it pronounced that way. So I'm going to pronounce it wrong now because Kevin Feige is the authority, but still saying Shang-Chi. We got news about Thor, Love, and Thunder. Did you see that we got confirmation of who Christian Bale is playing? Christian Bale's in Thor, Love, and Thunder? Yes, he's playing the villain. I'm playing Gore the God Butcher. Good, because after they destroyed Malekith in the Dark World, I know. Which, by the way, fun movie. 
horrible villain. And horrible. You portrayal. and I both like Chris Farlson, I believe. Like it was just not the best. Yeah. Uh, role. Oh but yeah. shit. It was so, so Gore bad. the God Butcher. If you've read Jason Aaron's recent run too, you can know how powerful Gore is. Uh, His name's Gore. I mean, yeah. Uh, what else? We had they confirm She Hulk with Tatiana Mali playing. Did you see who was returning for She Hulk? No. Mark Ruffalo is going to be it as a Hulk, and Tim Roth is returning as Abomination. Fun, double fun. Yeah. Jeez. I need to figure out what is wrong with these comic book sites I'm following. Apparently so. Uh, they also announced that they're doing the classic Marvel series. They announced Miss Marvel stuff as well with the cast. They announced Moon Knight coming out, which we know about. Uh, did you see the unannounced movie that they're doing? Mm. Oh, Kevin Foggy confirmed that they're doing the Fantastic Four now as a movie. Oh, you so you just watched the? Oh, uh, yeah, I watched it. So let me let me preface. Alex literally just watched the uh, Disney Plus live stream thing. I didn't. Is that yeah. where you get this info info from? Yeah, you know, it was it was an investor's call, but yeah, I, I watched it. So okay, so I'm not as behind as I thought I was. Okay, so yeah, so they, this he, happened literally an hour ago. Yes, he he confirmed. Okay. That, he, I feel a lot fucking better. He confirmed that they're doing Fantastic Four. Uh, Marvel's her family, I believe, as he put it. Uh, he provided some small updates for Blade as well. Uh, not much really talk about there. The Hirsch, baby. I can't wait for that Blade. Yeah. He also announced they're doing the classic uh, Iron Man storyline, Armor Wars. Uh, starring Is that where Don- he's an alcoholic? No, it's basically that Tony's fear that like AI basically takes over Cross World. It's going to star War Machine, Don Cheadle. Uh, they confirmed Captain Marvel 2, which is going to star Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. Yeah, yep, that sounds yep. right. That fucking track. Uh, they also announced... So, why don't you uh, list... Do you know any Marvel event series aside from, like, Civil War? Uh, House of M? You House mean of like M that? did not confirm Secret House of Invasion? M. They did confirm Secret Invasion. Jesus, Secret Empire? Coming to Disney Plus as a TV series. What? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, you you guys can't see Matt's face right now, but he looks like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. (laughs) I got that comparison a lot as a child, and I love that I'm still getting it now as an adult. Isn't that amazing? Holy shit. Yeah. And it's coming to Disney Plus. Not even like a movie. Like we're gonna get like probably six episodes, half an hour, forty an hour movie. Who cares? But like, I should amazing? have said Infinity War. I should have said what I fucking ships. Uh, they also announce two fun uh, Guardians things. They're gonna have uh, some a, a TV series that's all shorts called I Am Groot, which is about like Baby Groot. They're all live action shorts. But they also announce. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which is a live-action holiday special coming to Disney+, Plus, written and directed by James Gunn. Uh, I'm hoping that's next year. Uh, he just said it's going to come out before Guardians 3. So probably next year is my guess then? Hopefully, but yeah. Because Suicide Squad should be out next year, right? Uh, yeah, I believe that, uh, that's in post right now, so he's doing post on that. Yeah, cool. Wow. <laughs> I'm so mad I hadn't seen any of this. Yeah, you yeah, you with all this information. <laughs> yeah, you were really excited to talk about Star Wars, and I was like, that is just <laughs> that's just what it looks like on the outside. Wait to actually taste the cake. In, in our pre-show, I was like, "Hey, man, have you have you seen uh, the new news?" And you were like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Good," because I was going to surprise you. I was going to shock you, bud. And here we are, just the opposite. Although, my big question from all of this is, where are my damn (laughs) X-Men? Oh, yeah. No X-Men news, huh? No, no X-Men news. But part of me thinks it's because WandaVision and Doctor Strange uh, is going to lead into that. Yeah, we might get some there. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I wouldn't Uh, be shocked at all if they do it in WandaVision, which is the first one coming up. 
and oh, then they just well, we're all make everybody a, wet. He confirmed an Ironheart uh, TV series as well. Riri, huh? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, and that Riri will be in our work. And he confirmed that there's going to be a lot of overlap between the Marvel Disney Plus TV shows and the Marvel films. Uh, fucking brilliant. So now that I told you that Disney Plus was going to move to $8 a month in four months, are you going to cancel right now? <laughs> Call it. Let's uh, let's pronounce it dead because I'm not interested in paying two more dollars. Well, really, this entire episode feels like just an ad for Disney Plus because what we're talking about is a documentary series that airs on Disney Plus. Yeah, this is all the information that we got from Marvel. Uh, and DC told us, hey, here's some new comic books that are going to probably suck. <laughs> yeah if anyone's like to like like you guys are just shills f- for marvel disney plus i wish we were like they could pay me in nothing they, they, they come to my house every day and just slap me and i would still uh they could offer me one dollar off a marvel unlimited subscription oh. or and i would be like whatever you want marvel you can do anything you want to me not only that, too, but we didn't talk about this, but John Langraff, the head of FX, came on and talked about some new stuff as well. He uh, confirmed that It's Always Sunny has been renewed for four more seasons. Uh, I did see this, yeah. We're going to get Reservation Dogs, which is a show by Tekka Waititi and Sterling Harjo, which is filmed in Oklahoma, which I'm excited about. But in Comic Girl news, he confirmed that we're also going to get Why the Last Man coming out uh, this next year. Good. About time. Yeah. Uh, Just so. like Preacher, it'll be canceled after three seasons. Yeah, most likely. Uh, but let's I mean, get into what we're talking about. So this is actually a first for us. Uh, I think this is the first documentary that we've talked about, isn't it? It is, yeah. The uh, first six documentaries we've talked about. And it's Marvel 616. It is an eight-episode documentary series uh, with each episode focusing on a different aspect of the Marvel Universe. Yep, it was interesting. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, And obviously, my interest like ebbed and flowed depending on how much I was interested in the topic. In some episodes, maybe care more than I expected. In some episodes, were maybe care a little bit less than I think. But they brought in some big talent. Uh, they brought in uh, some community alums. They have brought Gillian Jacobs and Allison Bree, directed episodes. Uh, Paul Shear, who's loved comic books, has written comic books as well, and from the league, and how does this get made? Directing an episode and starting an episode. Uh, but the first episode was directed by David Gelb, who's best known for Chef's Table on Netflix and the documentary Your Dreams of Sushi. He's a fantastic I think director. That's, I think that's actually John Favreau. He did Chef. Yeah, close. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's about Japanese Spider-Man, which I knew nothing about going into the, this episode. Uh, let me put you to shame here. I knew that Japanese Spider-Man existed. How do you okay. feel? Embarrassed? Yeah. I bet. But like something I didn't know anything about, but it was this was a really interesting episode to me. Also, oh my spoilers God. for Marvel 616. Nailed it. So proud of you, bud. Uh, holy shit, this was, again, one of those things that kind of ebbed and flowed. But as it got towards like the last 20 minutes of this episode, the meat and potatoes of it, I was floored with what Japanese Spider-Man did. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we learned about the history of how he came to be and like how uh, it's basically one guy realized that there's this market untapped and he, so he wanted to bring Marvel characters in his head on Spider-Man. And I had no idea that Japanese Spider-Man was like the precursor to Transformers and basically uh, Voltron and all these others. like Power uh, Rangers. Yeah, and Power Rangers and all the other series that like I had no idea that it all started with Marvel and Japanese Spider-Man. That, that blew my mind. I mean, that's kind of what episode one is, is how Japanese Spider-Man got made, uh, what it influenced, and what was the the big standout to me, other than, you know, that Transformers, Power Rangers, you know, Bandai, all that shit that so many people love these days wouldn't be around if it wasn't for this series. The big standout to me was how supportive Stanley was of this uh enterprise that you know could have been taken as hostile they just put out a spider-man movie a few years before in the states and then they you know rip it off and make it entirely different it's not at all what stanley's spider-man is not remotely and that's kind of the thing that that really stood out to me was how supportive he was 
at their creativity, how they were able to adapt to their culture. It absolutely floored me who this person is. Uh, and it really kind of reminded a lot of Marvel fans you know, who our hero is and was. And like we saw interviews with people involved in the TV series, including the title character as well. And like they still, when, t- when talking about the show, they seem to generally like still like love and like have this enthusiasm for the series. Like it wasn't just a job to them. It wasn't something that they're embarrassed by. Like they seem to generally appreciate the, the work they did on that series. And like the more like warm my heart is whenever the person that played Japanese Spider-Man was told that Stanley loved the series He's like, you could see just genuine happiness roll over his face whenever he learned that news. Yeah. Let me tell you a lot of times in this Marvel 616, I found myself unexpectedly tearing up or crying. And that was one of those times like this guy is a born actor. He is much more magnanimous and personable than any other person that they're interviewing about Japanese Spider-Man. But you could tell the genuine affection that he had for Stan Lee and Spider-Man and what it really meant to him to hear that news. And, you know, that's, you know, fucking 50 year old news at this point, almost it's 30, 45 years old that this came out. But, you know, with the, you know, the great distance between here and there, he'd never heard that. And that was one of the things that absolutely floored me. It, it definitely made me fucking tear up. Yeah, it was it was a really well done, and David Gelb is a great documentarian, and like it, his skills definitely showed in this first episode. I thought it was a really strong episode to choose to lead it. Probably the best episode to, for a lead in for a series. I I think that they could have done. Do you think his documentary is better than the one that I did about my cat? No, come on, don't ask ridiculous, ridiculous questions. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything else to say about Japanese Spider Man? Uh, no, it was a lot of fun watching. Uh, how they made it, uh, yes. you know, in a time before um, CGI, like the special effects that they were doing, especially the unregulated special effects. And we were saw the stunt, cool. and the stunt man who had to like crawl like on all fours and all that too was just They're like, oh yeah, we just, you know, strapped him up to the top of this car with some rope and just let him fucking fly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next episode is higher, further, faster, and it focuses on. Uh, female writers uh, in the Marvel universe uh, in the Kelly Sue, Kelly fucking Sue. I love like seeing like the the history of the like original like pioneer female writers at Marvel. That was so neat. Like we got a lot uh, of Louis Simonson uh, as well, uh, and I really enjoyed seeing that like how they helped pave the way uh, for other female writers, uh, and I love to when Kelly Sue like got mad about talking about an issue with Captain Marvel that she wrote and made a reference to how she can be an image like young girls and the editors wanted her to change it to like all people or young people. Uh, and she got really mad because she felt like comics had been focusing solely on young boys before that. Yeah. And then the editor came back and said, you know what? You're fucking right, man. And then just kept it the exact same way. But I love that. Comics are for everybody and sometimes they're for specific people and they need to be for specific people. Yeah, and like, it's one of the things like Marvel slowly realized that like comics aren't just read by men, but they're read by women and you know, like young women, especially like nowadays to get attached uh, to their characters and read comics as well. Uh, although let me tell you uh, when they were talking about um, uh, Minnie the model and her niece or whatever it was. Yeah. They had the the writer for the six issue miniseries and they were getting all this incredible praise, but like all these comic shops were only picking up, you know, like one to two issues, but they were still filling up the fucking back pages with all these letters that these girls were writing in saying, Oh my God, it feels so great to be seen. Like, I love this. I love her. Like that absolutely floored me. Teared up a lot during this episode. This is the first of really two episodes. Like really like, in case you didn't know, like makes you remind you like how important like representation is uh, in storytelling. It matters. Uh, although I will say I was a little bummed that there was no interview with Gail Simone uh, who wrote for Marvel for a fair amount uh, and no interview with Kelly Thompson 
uh, or Timmy Howard or even like that who've been writing for Marvel for a bit, especially Kelly Thompson, who's written a lot of big books for them lately too. Yeah, I mean, it's called Higher, Further, Faster. They were definitely focusing on Kelly Sue and Captain Marvel and capitalizing on the, uh, the interest yeah. that the world and Gail writes for DC right now, I believe, too, so I think that might have been part of it. Yeah, they were like, fuck you, Gail, you're, you're dead to us. Uh, the next episode is Amazing Artisans, which focuses on two artists living uh, outside the United States and the path that they took to get to the U.S. or not to get it, to, to become book artists. This and, issue made me really wish that I knew how to read. Yeah, well, and you and I, we confess that like we don't know how to speak to art beyond like we enjoy this person's style, we enjoy what they do, but like the intricacies of it, like we don't know. I did yep. enjoy like the contrast of like their two different lifestyles, but how they're both very driven people. Uh, and that like, it's just so cool to like, see like how they were influenced by comic books at such a young age. It was, it was interesting because one, you know, you've got a guy who's definitely probably 10 to 15 years, the senior of his counterpart. And he's like, yeah, I grew up watching Mickey Mouse or reading Mickey Mouse, like Donald Duck comic books and loving that shit. And then one day we got to go to the big city and I got to buy a comic book of a superhero like just yeah. absolutely shit and, you don't you don't think about and how his dad made him read the same comic for finish it three times before he would buy him a new comic i enjoyed that, that. yeah that uh, was you, sweet old school shit i thought and of course uh the art, other artists as well too she really became inspired by watching uh the ex and we're talking about javier garon and natasha bustos uh javier probably most famous for writing or drawing Spider-Man with Solomon on Med, the Miles Morales Spider-Man, and Natasha uh, did the art on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur for a long time. Yeah, uh, and let me tell you, they, they're, they're both incredible artists. They really are. And they and Natasha was really influenced by the X-Men 90s cartoon show, which is actually like a recurring theme in the series. That TV show gets brought up so many times across so many episodes. Uh, with how influential it was so many people just working around, whether they be editors or senators or writers or artists, it had a large impact on a ton of people. It really fucking did. That's what one of the episodes should have focused on, but sadly it did not. Uh, the next uh, one episode I think is actually probably one that I would say is your favorite if I had to guess, but we'll talk about that at the end is lost and found the Paul Shear episode. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, uh, it's just laughs nonstop. Uh, it lets you know that this series is not taking itself too fucking seriously. It has moments of a it's mockumentary like, uh, where Paul is fake pitching a show to Marvel for Disney Plus. Yeah. And, a, and a most ridiculous show at that. Uh, what's the, the superhero team called? Uh, Brute Force. Brute Force. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of animals. <laughs> oh my God, this is the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But my favorite part of this episode... Uh, was anytime he got these celebrities that he had uh, that he wanted to voice the characters, just riffing on what they thought about the designs. Uh, anywhere from uh, John Hamm uh, to Kenneth the Page, Jack McBriar. <laughs> so uh, it was, uh, Nicole Byer from also yes. What's the cooking show on Netflix? Nailed it. Nailed it. it was, is a uh, and oh, what's her other name uh, from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the creator? Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom, thank you. But Yeah, holy shit, they were so funny. I loved that, like, because... Ron Funches. Uh, yes, and Ron Funches as well. Paul Sheward showed the, like, the artist rendition of the characters for Brute Force cartoon. But John Hamm would seem really into it. John Hamm had some very legitimate, real, like, thoughts and criticisms that would actually make the show better. Uh, not only is John Hamm a very well endowed hunk, but he is one funny dude. How he have we not so fucking got funny. him in a comic book movie yet? I know he's going to be Mr. Sinister and New Mutants, but how have we not got him in a comic book film? That seems like a waste. That seems like a waste of John Hamm to me to to be Mr. Sinister. Really? I love Mr. Sinister. I, I would have more than okay with that. I don't know. Once you read Hellion's number one, you'll be like, okay, then uh, I'd love to see John Hamm in that role. Yeah, Alex says that because that he knows that is literally the next thing that I'm reading tonight right after we're getting off the phone. Yeah. Uh, but like this was a lot of fun. It's different than all the rest. Uh, 
And like we get to learn more about the history of forgotten characters from Marvel Universe, including a poet that Marvel once had that recite poems. We get interviews with uh, Will and Rogers like Donny Cates as well, too. Uh, so it was uh, interesting to see like, people that currently write for Marvel talk about their experience with these characters. And like they did a great job, I thought, highlighting. I think it was the episode. Like They showed Wolverine's original drawing. And like they highlighted that it, until one person reimagined how he could be like so with any of the characters once the right writer or artist gets a hold of them you can really transform them into something else uh episode five suit up the cosplay episode yeah did you see me i was at new york comic-con i was in every shot of this you know i kept looking for you but sadly i did not see you i honestly was looking for myself too in every single shot i thought i saw myself like once or twice definitely didn't also, it made me realize like how long ago these were shot as well. Like it was a Comic Con because it was canceled this year or virtual this year. Yeah, it uh, was. So for them to use this long ago, it was uh, October 2019. Yeah, so it felt kind of surreal to all these people like crowded in a space together. Uh, but I appreciate it. Like, cosplay is something that I will never be a part of, but I have always admired people that have this skill to do it. Let me tell you, it takes a lot of talent. Um, and they definitely demonstrated that in this episode. That being said, I'm cool to move on to episode six because cosplay is also not my thing. Although I did enjoy the guy who's, I like seeing his younger daughter, younger daughter's dresses like Black Widow uh, and Peggy <coughs> Captain America. Mm-hmm. And it was cool that like he had a connection, historical connection, because his grandfather was an artist on some Captain America issues from Marvel back in the day too. Yeah, that's at least he says, fucking liar. Okay, episode six, unbox the toy episode. Uh, I don't know how you felt about it, but like it made me all like, you know, I was like, maybe I should go out and buy like some high end Marvel toy. These look really cool on here. Let me tell you, I have, I've got one statue. And after I watched this episode, I, I totally bought a pop figure. Uh, I've got some more already. And I know you've got, a, you've got a lot more than I do. Um, but I was like, oh man, this is so neat. But let me tell you, the people that make these things, are fucking weirdos. Uh, I'll say this. I think this actually, like, <laughs> like, these people that make these things, like, they basically have their dream job. So I can't fault them at all. They're doing some things that, like, they love every day. I don't oh, yeah. know what pop figure that you got. Oh, I did. I bought the, uh, the original Thor. I didn't realize that they had the original Thor in pop form, but they do. So I picked that up. I just got one the other day uh, that I, want, I think is like one of the greatest ones ever. But you know, I remember. But do you remember in Spider-Man: Homecoming how we have that home video of Captain America talking to the kids? Yeah. In class. Well, I've got one, and it's Captain America sitting in a chair like he's AC Slater with it pulled around backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's the entire figure, and it's amazing. So let me tell you, I, I got my Thor, my original Thor in the original costume, because in my mind, that is the coolest costume that there is. What is the coolest costumed Marvel hero in your mind? Best costume. That is a, that is a tough, tough, tall order. I've always thought like visually like classic cable looks amazing with the metal techno uh, armor on one side with the blue and yellow armor pouches on the other. Ah, man, that was a tall order. I honestly don't know for like costuming. I always thought Spawn looks amazing. Oh, Spawn does look dope. Spawn looks fucking cool. Uh, but I love too that like they showed like the history of like Marvel toys and like how they evolved over the years. Oh, I know. Like those Marvel Legends series, I remember seeing them when I was a kid, and I still see them now, like as an adult, and they still look like they're well done and crafted with care and designed with people who actually care about the product that they have licensed. Uh, uh, man, that 90s cable vibe. Those those old school comics, the way that they used to fucking draw him. I'm, I can get oh, no. that. I, I believe that. Uh, the next issue that we do, is that the Marvel Method? It is a Marvel Method. Hell yeah. Uh, the Marvel Method primarily focuses on Dan Slott, uh, one of writer of Spider-Man. Uh, trying to figure out how to write the Spider-Man 2020 event. And the Marvel method is a way of writing comics. 
that's basically just like writing my skin to your pants. He'd be a panther, uh, not a plotter in terms of writing. And this episode upset a lot of people. Why is that? Because they just used to, as an excuse to rail against Dan Slott. Basically, that was it. They're like, he couldn't figure out the storyline, da, 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 da. But like, I enjoyed it. Like, Dan Slott is basically the last writer for Marvel to use, to use the Marvel method, which was pioneered by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko. Uh, I thought it was fun. Like, this dude is genuinely excited about what he does. He yeah, loves I what agree. he does every single day. Yes. He goes in and he writes his story. The thing that he has trouble with is dialogue. And yeah. Marvel knows this. So occasionally they'll have to bring in backup help to do dialogue. I don't give a shit about that. No, and He's I thought, it was like, let, like you said, it shows that Dan like loves the characters he's talking about. Like, you know, the very end, we just saw him going through the comic book shop and picking out Marvel comics that like, he, he just, he seemed to be giddy to be picking about other work, new works from, from current Marvel writers. Like he seemed to be, he didn't seem to be giddy. He was absolutely joyful and the most gleeful little fucking elf I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Yeah. He was, was over the moon talking about all these writers. Oh, Timmy Howard's doing some great stuff right now. Gotta grab this. Yeah. Like, it was so fun watching this guy just pick through a comic shop. That's what I want, is these comic creators picking through comic shops. Oh, they've got this, uh, I know this is for my music lovers out there, but Grimey's has this thing where, you know, you'll, or no, sorry, it's not Grimey's, it's Amoeba. Amoeba Records has this thing where they will take all these musicians and they'll have them pick out all these records and show what they've got. What's in the bag? I want to do that with comic yeah. book writers. Yeah, I love that's it for comic book writers. Thinking. Yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Because Amoeba is in the bag. I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. Yeah, if you do it for comic book writers, that would be fantastic. Although I'm I kind of fear that like DC Marvel writers would be afraid to pick anything mm-hmm. from the other side. You just pick image books and boom books left and right? Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought this was, I really enjoyed this episode, especially like as a writer. I love seeing people's different methods. I love seeing writers play off their strengths. The person I felt the worst for this episode was Letterer. Who's just waiting on an actual script to come in so he can do his job and write and letter <laughs> the comics he has to do? Oh, something to do that was drinking out of the, the sweet ass venom mug. Yeah, it was. God, I want that fucking mug so bad. And I like too that like it showed like the artist of the series that like basically works out of a mobile van, like he drives around the world and he works on a beach. He's like, why not? Like that's that's modern Marvel these days. You can work from anywhere. Yeah, I enjoyed that, but I hated him because he got to do that. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, I read Iron Man 2020. I didn't care for that run, that storyline, really, at all. But I, I love seeing the method behind it more than the actual book. Oh, yeah, I knew the book sucked, but I, I was curious as to what, you know, what goes into the pudding, you know? Uh, so our last episode is Spotlight, uh, which focuses on plays that Marvel's created for high schoolers to put on. We focus on a play about Squirrel Girl and one about Miss Marvel. Were you involved in like drama uh, or like theater tech at all in in high school? No, I was not. I wasn't either. Although, like, it's like one of the things. Like, if I had to do it like all over, I kind of feel like I would go back and do drama because it just seems like it would be a lot of fun. I thought the exact same thing. I did a lot of speech classes in high school. Yeah. So I liked getting in front of people and talking and having you know command of an audience. So I don't know why I never made that fucking leap. I guess it was just because I always thought theater kids were fucking nerds. Well, apart from me, like until like I was a senior, I was just incredibly like introverted and shy and like wouldn't talk in class. Yeah. Same. So being like on like the stage would be like uh, a complete nightmare. But if like my high school had put on like a Marvel play, then I'd be like, you know what? I think I might actually try out for this. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Like you could see these kids really enjoying themselves up there. Uh, it was really nice. Yeah, I agree. Like, if they had put out, like, I don't know, 20-minute versions of those plays, I probably would have watched them as well. They had them, like, extras on there. Yeah, I would have watched 20 minutes of these, you know, 7th and 8th grade, 9th grade, 10th grade, whatever they fucking are. I was their high school, so 9th, 10th grade. The person that played Modoc, they gave him no budget for his costume. <laughs> I, I just kept waiting to see what he was going to end up wearing as Modoc, and he was just wearing spandex. You know, it's true that they changed Modoc from a C to a K at the end. So he's yep. not, yeah, so not, not designed killing. to kill. Yeah. 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 Come on, Marvel. High yeah, schoolers kill. Yeah, he's 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 here to kill that yeah. pussy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I was gonna say like they play Mortal Kombat and they like kill like Katana and Sub Zero, but 
you can go with your route as well. He's here to slay something different, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but I also I, I, said what I'm saying, so you should know. Uh, I thought. Uh, let me tell you though, my the this uh, this has my favorite moment of the whole series. What's that? Carl. Do you remember who Carl is? No. Carl is the guy that had uh, the best job, and I think he executed it quite properly. Carl was the guy whose job it was to make the tree. Yeah, so he was lying Carl, on the floor during his entire interview. But yeah, he couldn't he couldn't make the tree because he needed power tools to make the tree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this guy was my fucking favorite part of the whole goddamn series. Being interviewed for documentary, like, and he just can't be bothered to sit up. He just lies on the ground the entire time. He's like, I can't do much right now, so I'm yeah. just going to sit here. Yeah. I got to take this home and do it later. And, and then he took, brings it back. He's like, it's not done. I cut it out. place in your home state of Texas as well, too. Oh, where at in Texas? I want to say Plano, but I'm not positive. If this was Plano, which I highly doubt, by the way, uh, I was born in Plano. Were you really? I was born in Plano, yeah. I grew up in Allen, which is the town that touches Plano. Um, not that inappropriately, you fucking perverts. But yeah, I, I could drive to Plano in five minutes. Okay, maybe it wasn't Plano. I don't know. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, apparently, they also did a third. Like we didn't see this in the TV show because, like I said, didn't choose it. But Marvel Spotlight also wrote a third play about Thor and Loki as well. They said in the in the episode that there was another class, but I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, I thought that maybe the actors good. were uh, not as cute, or maybe they weren't as talented, or maybe they're just pieces of shit. I don't know. Or maybe they just couldn't get. Maybe they tried to get Tom Hiddleston, and like Tom said. Uh, no, thank you. So I don't want to rank all eight of these, but give me your top two or three. Okay. Uh, my top one, or I'll do bottom one. Okay. Uh, so I think my number three is unbox the toy episode. What about you? As far as your top three? Uh-huh. That's my number three. Mm. I'm going to go Japanese Spider-Man as my number three. It's a good choice. My number two is Lost and Found, the Paul Shear episode. Oh, what the, what the fuck do you have above that? Oh, man. I'm going to say uh, my second favorite uh, was the second episode, the Higher, Further, Faster. Okay, so the, I'm assuming that your favorite is Lost and Found, the Paul Shear episode. Yeah, of course it is. Okay. Of course it uh, is. Miles Marvel Method, the, the writing Dan Slott episode. I love that episode. Uh, oh, man. I can watch that one again and again. I get, I get some of the hate, but at the same time, like, you're not this person. You're not going to do things that, the same way that they would. Well, and, like, for, like, writers especially, like, not everyone writes the same way. And, like, uh, some people are plotters, people are panthers. Like, some people, like Stephen King famously was a panther, but, like, he made himself write at least, like, a page every single day. Because he, that's like how it works. And people will plot out every single scene before they even begin to write the first page. And some writers will just start, open a Word document, start writing, and just see where it takes them. There's no right or way. It just works differently for everyone. Uh, there's a right and wrong way, and uh, plotting is the wrong way. Uh, okay. So what do you rate the series on a scale of 1 to 10? I mean, it was a 7. It was enjoyable. Yeah, it was a 7. I would completely watch a second season for different Eric Summer Weavers if they do another one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I really like that Japanese Spider-Man because I like seeing how one thing created something else. Uh, each episode is about 45 to an hour long, so they're pretty meaty episodes uh, that really get a lot of depth in the subject. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. So I, I recommend checking it out if you're interested in the Marvel Universe beyond the films. Yeah, it was fun. I had a great time watching it. I, when I saw the, the runtime, I was a little concerned, but they were actually quite a lot of fun. Well, next week, we're going to be something a little different again. We're talking about Miles Morales, Spider-Man, the video game. I can't wait to talk about this. Cyberpunk 2077 is my favorite game ever. Well, you just started playing it today, but your favorite game ever should be Miles Morales, Spider-Man, because you need to get in the right mindset. We'll see next week. Uh, or in two weeks. Either or. Uh, but I think that's going to make it up or wrap it up for this week's Henchman to Comics. 
Uh, as always, you can follow us or email us at henchmanacomics at gmail.com. We've got Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, WhatsApp, all that cool stuff. Musically. Uh, <laughs> LimeWire. Yeah. Kazam. <laughs> Rhapsody. Napster. Ask Jeeves. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll stop it there. For the German comic, I'm Alec Dashback. <laughs> and I'm having a good ass time. It's an easy. <laughs>